Welcome to Dollars and Cents. Our podcast is designed to provide listeners with financial advice in a language you can understand. Created and hosted by Mark Friedman, President and CEO at Friedman Financial, he discusses timely topics that help individuals and families make smart financial decisions. Count on lots of energy, candid discussion, and a few laughs. And now, here's your host of Dollars and Cents, Mark Friedman of Friedman Financial. Welcome back to another edition of Dollars and Cents with Friedman Financial. I'm Mark Friedman. And I'm Marion Gilman. And we're here to provide you some financial advice in a language you can understand like we do each and every week. Actually, each and every day, Mark, because that's what we do as our job as well, right? You're right. So we, we try to bring some of the real-life stories that we we see in the office, that we read in the newspaper, we see on television, and try to make sense of some of the headlines, some of the stories, some of the things that we hear, and bring them to life in what exactly. we call financial advice in a language you can understand. Right. And, you know, headline news sometimes is sensational, or maybe always is sensational. So we try to bring it back to earth and let you know what we're thinking as well about some of these different topics. Yeah, those, those headlines you hear... Um, whether it's in social media, on the news, is right. they're designed to be what's called clickbait. Maybe we can explain. What is clickbait, Marion? Well, clickbait is getting you to click on whatever story it is. I mean, they just want your attention. And so, again, headlines are designed to capture attention. That's what they do. You know, there's actually people, that's their job. They are headline writers. And you know what? Some of them are really good at well, it. Well, they, they, they suck it right in. <laughs> exactly. Well, I, I think exactly. it's interesting if you're scrolling through, whether it's Facebook or any of your social media sites, and you see this story, you see a little picture that's there, and it's tempted for you to click on that picture. How many times have you clicked on that picture or clicked on that story, wondering, where is that story that I thought I was going to read? And, and it's, it's really not there. Right. It's something else entirely. <laughs> Absolutely. So we have to make sense of what we hear. And it amazes me how more and more, because of social media, because of sensationalized headlines, that we hear all of these stories that, frankly, don't connect to the reality that we live in. And But however, right. people look at them and say, well, that's what it must be. Yeah. It's just the thing. How many times have you read a story or heard a story about, you know, if you drink coffee, you'll die? Or too many cups of oh, wine. And you, right, and so uh, you'll love this, because every once in a while I'll say to my husband, oh, so they say now, they've who's done they? studies. Well, exactly, yeah. but that's your life. Right. right? That, who's <laughs> that? And my husband always says to me, Mary, you know that next week they're going to change their minds, which is so true. I mean, for a while there you couldn't drink coffee. And then a few days later, guess what? Coffee's not good for you. So not really, really clear. And, and remember how we were all supposed to avoid carbs? Oh, we thought, yeah, yeah. what is that going to do to all the bakeries in America? Are they all going to go out of business? Well, actually, I think they've proliferated since they, then. You they know, have. All, all the cupcake bakeries, the cookie bakeries, it's wild. It, it's so. just amazing. So yeah. here's some financial stories. I mean, Marion, you had brought up a, a story uh, that you had read in, I, I, I don't know if it was Morgan Housel's book or his the podcast right. that you listened to. Yeah, I listened to his podcast a lot. And, uh, you know, Morgan Housel, we use his book a lot. It's called The Psychology of Money. And he's a very down-to-earth thinker. And, you know, he purveys information in, also in a language you can understand, I believe. Um, but he's, again, very down-to-earth with financial advice. And one of the points that he was making is one of the best pieces of financial advice is to not be lured into impressing other people. So if you're not, you know, if you're not trying to impress anyone, you're not spending your money 
on things that don't mean anything to you, things that are only designed to impress somebody else. Name brand stuff, for instance, or buying a very impressive car. And you know, he always says, you know what? Nobody really cares about that as much as you do. It's 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 really true. Exactly. I mean, I, I mean, everybody seems to have. You, you don't wear a shirt anymore. You wear a name of a shirt or a name of a blouse right. or a name of your exactly. shoes or your purse or whatever right. it is, right? Right. And everybody's after the same brands. And so, and I think it's particularly when you're in the twenty to thirty age range. Very impressionable, aren't you? Absolutely. And you're trying to either fit in or you're trying to impress others. And you feel like, well, I have to have that because it's shown all over social media. I need that purse because that is the in thing now. So I've got to have one. And whether it costs $2,000, $3,000, or $500, you know, whatever it might be, it could be way out of your price range. And you actually save up to buy that because you think that's important. And in the scheme of life, it's probably not important at all. But you know, there are certain things that you can buy where people go, oh my God, that was an expensive item you bought. Now, granted, there's knockoffs to everything. Look, right. you can go down to Chinatown in New York where you can buy a knockoff anything you want. It's amazing. Right? Isn't and you it? really can't tell the difference. No. But for whatever reason, we are. it used to be it was kind of cool to buy all the knockoffs. And now people are like, oh, no, 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 I have to have the real deal. Right. Right. So, you know, and it comes down to purses and shoes and the yeah. brand of glasses you wear or whatever. Everything. I mean, it's gotten, I, when I was growing up, it wasn't the same. I, I don't know. I'm sure there were some people that wanted certain name brands, but we weren't all into that. You no, know? But, but I do remember when we were younger, there got to be this sneaker trend. Oh, and yes. you had to have whatever it was, the Air Jordans or the pump. Remember yeah. the D Brown used to pump up yeah. the sneakers? You had to have those. Right. And those were costing more than thirty or forty dollars for a pair of sneakers. Well, then you were gonna run faster. Oh, absolutely, and jump higher. Jump higher. Jump higher, run, run faster. faster. Okay. You so you were float. gonna just be better. You were gonna be like Mike. That's right. Be yeah. like Mike, right? <laughs> right. And right. I mean that's the power of marketing and how we get sucked in right. to to doing things like that. You know, I, I'm just, I'm amazed at how much money people are willing to spend on stuff, like you said, that they think will be impressive, that people will notice, oh my God, is that a Prada bag, or is that a Gucci purse? Or and is that people a, are going to like you more because you have Because you that. have that. Or they're going to go, but sometimes I think you're making them jealous. You're yes. making them feel bad for what they can't have. That's right. Or maybe you can't have it either. And that's part of the problem. Look at the way consumer debt has grown here in America. It's, it's amazing. And credit card debt is absolutely the worst type of debt to have. It, it, it sure is. You know, there are some things we look at as good debt, not credit card yeah, debt. I'm, am, I'm amazed at how many people we've talked to lately who I thought, well, these, these are new people that have come to talk to us, right. to join us. Right. The amount of debt that they're carrying on their credit cards, sixteen, twenty, thirty thousand dollars in debt. Right. I ran into someone recently who said he's paying for his child's private high school, private high school, on a credit card. Now I, I do know people who pay for everything on their credit cards. And pay it off. Me included. Me too. Because I love to get those points. So, you know, if, if I have a credit card that's gonna give me points or cash back. But I pay it off at the end of every month. Yeah, but they weren't. Right, exactly. So they're buying things that they really can't afford. Right. Now, I, I do tell the story of back in, I want to say the early 2000s, we ran into a couple that came in, and this was back in the no interest 
your finance. Oh, yeah, you know interest sure. credit cards, yeah. you know you could roll over your money to a credit card, yeah. pay zero interest on it, right? Yeah. They were paying their mortgage. Remember that? No, you, I you, was don't that before you? Perhaps that. it was before Maybe you. It was before they were paying right? their mortgage on a stack of credit cards. Really? And so they borrowed money, to, taking cash advances, wow. or whatever, whatever, however they got the money. They were rolling the money from one credit card to another. It was a business. They were managing rolling credit cards while they were paying off their mortgage. I don't know how, I, I would find it very difficult, very stressful to live like that. Oh my God. And the yeah. husband put the entire responsibility on the wife. Oh my goodness. And she was petrified that she was gonna miss a payment. Right. Sadly, it led to divorce. I mean, oh, they, yeah. they since got, I mean, but these are, money stresses are one of these things that just drive people crazy. Why is it that we have to stress so much about money? We blame, it's so much easier to blame everybody else. Right. Blame the cost of inflation, blame the government, blame the job I, whatever it is. There are certain things that you can, can do to control finances. Absolutely, and you know, and part of that is spending within your means and right. that is the most critical item if you can't afford it don't buy it and it sounds simple but it's not easy to do all the time but that's how you have to live your life if you want to be financially successful later on yeah you can't wait to hit it hit it on a scratch ticket and <laughs> potentially pay off you know whatever debts you might have that's right that's or right. the thing also to be careful of is you know you'll see in around here we have this thing called jordan's furniture a very popular yeah. furniture place sure. where they'll offer 0% financing for three years or five years. Buy your couch now right? and pay nothing for five years. Now, if you don't pay it off on that fifth year, all of the accumulated interest gets added to what you owe. And so many people don't read that fine print. Right. They don't realize that. They, they think they can start payments in many cases right? in five years on pensions and social security. There are they, some that live exclusively on Social on Security. On Social Security, right. They don't necessarily live well, but they do live on Social but Security. But in some cases, it's enough. Right. So think about this. Let's say your Social Security check is $3,000 a month, and you need $5,000 or $6,000 a month right. to support your expenses. Well, if you're getting $3,000 from Social Security, it means you need $3,000 a month from, from your investments. Right? So how much money would you have to have to generate about $3,000 investments? Well, probably around $800,000. Yeah, That's probably, probably what you need to do, sure. okay? Yeah. But if you spend $12,000 a month, that's not gonna be enough. Not at all. If all you need to spend is 4,000, you have far more than enough. And in many cases, people don't consider the value of their house in that number. Right, because most people wanna stay in their house. Absolutely. Whether, you know, and so they don't really look at the house as a means to support their spending needs during retirement. Yeah, so you've got to look at every factor. Those headlines can be killers. They can depress you, they can excite you, but do they actually reflect your reality? And do you remember that book, um, it was probably about 10 or 15 years ago, called The Number? Oh, The Number. Um, Lee yes. Eisenberg wrote that book. Right. And so it, it was all about what number you need to get to in order to retire comfortably. And what was your number? And, and it was geared a little more towards the individual and the individual's needs. But there is not a number out there 
that you can search for that set that you can say okay as long as I have that I can retire comfortably it depends on what you want to do during retirement what you want to spend absolutely and what your other sources of income are. yeah it, and you know I gotta be honest Marion it was more than 10 or 15 years ago when Lee Eisenberg Ooh. rolled that up it was actually at uh -oh. least 20 Oh, because no. I was on the National Board of the Financial Planning Association and that was, when Lee yeah. Eisenberg was one of the speakers that we hired and he brought the book. That was 2000 and 2000. As it was as just the year 2000, the year you started, right? As, as, and this, that I started here, that's correct. Um, so, it, you know what? <laughs> time flies, right? Time flies. And I keep saying, you know, the older I get, the faster it's it, going, it, it which does. is like really depressing. It does, but. but there was a commercial that kind of supported <laughs> that, the number thing. Yeah. I think it was ING Investments. Right. People were like popping up behind like a was, shrub. He was, he was in, in the it. commercial, yeah. yeah. And, and people would pop up and it would say $300,000 or $2 million or anything. Right. And asking, what's your number, right? Right, right. And what we are seeing here in our office, you know, generally people that come to visit with us at Friedman Financial are people that have what are called positive cash flow meaning that there's more money coming in than there is right. going out. So they're so continuing they can to save. save money. When they're in retirement, they're pulling a reasonable amount of money from their investment account we'll so that they don't deplete correct. it to nothing. Right. But more often than not, we're finding more and more people can spend more than what they've ever spent before, or they're not taking enough money because they fear that they're going to run out. Right. And, and, you know, that's one of the things that we do in our office is we try to create these projections so that you don't, so we alleviate some of that fear. It might not be all of it, but some, at least some of that fear. Yeah. So I was sitting with somebody this past week and they have a net worth of $5 million, $5 million. The person's in sounds, their 80s. Sounds very comfortable. It sounds very comfortable, right? And it certainly is, especially since this person spends less than $5,000 a month. Yeah, well, okay. and, and Social Security probably social, makes up most of that, right? right? Social Security, a little bit right. of interest that they get from it, more than enough money. Sure. But they're 85 years old. They have three children, nine grandchildren. Wow. So the idea, so I said to her, I said, what if we started to give some of this money away? Because another client of ours once used the term, I want to give with warm hands rather than cold ones. And it's one that I talk about all the time. And she says, yeah, she says, well, I always give the kids a little bit of money around Christmas. I give them $100. And it's, that's nice. That's wonderful that you do that. Right. But you could give more. And if you really wanted to make an impact in your children and your grandchildren, and perhaps there'll be great-grandchildren at some point in sure. their lives, you can make some real nice legacy gifts, some gifts that instill responsibility to them, but also allows you to enjoy how they're spending money. Well, also you want to think about it, you know, people are living much longer nowadays. So if you wait to give money to your children, again, assuming you're comfortable, if you wait till you die, those kids could be 60, 70 year old, they, they won't even be able to enjoy it. When do they really need the money? They usually need the money in their 30s and 40s. Or, you know, when they're having children or when they want to buy a house, those are the times when they really need money. So if you're in the position to gift, a lot of times it's better to gift when the children are younger, younger, um, not when they're in retirement. Which, which makes good logical sense. Now let's translate that to reality because I said that same story to her. 
And she says, yeah, but if I give them, Mark, you're suggesting maybe I give them each $10,000. How will that teach them about financial responsibility? How do I know that they're just not going to expect that every year? How will they go out and work hard like I did, like my late husband did, in trying to build what we have? I never imagined I'd have this kind of money. And so if I give them the money, am I telling them that working hard doesn't mean anything? That's what's in the back of her head. And then she's wondering, well, one child does so well doesn't need the money. Another grandchild might be benefit from having the money, but I wouldn't want to be uneven with the children. And if I'm even with all of them, I'm giving some children more than they need and others some money that they desperately need. So how do I... And those are the emotional questions. Right. And those are the conversations that we have in our Those office. are important conversations. They well. are. Right. So how do you do this in a way that allows you and, in this case, your late, her late husband to say, because I asked her, I said, if your late husband was still here, how do you think he would feel about giving money to the children and grandchildren? And she says, oh, he would love to do that. I said, well, you're not doing it because you don't feel, you don't know how, but you know that collectively the two of you would have talked about it to figure out a way to do it. So now let's all talk about it and figure right. out what makes sense. Right. And that's the important conversations that we have as well. We, we can act as that sounding board, for t- particularly for people who've lost a spouse. Because you don't Absolutely. necessarily, I mean, money is a hard thing to talk about with other people. And you might not feel comfortable talking about how much you have with anybody else yeah. other than your spouse. And I mean, who would have ever expected, my dad started this firm in 1968, who would have expected us to become experts in guiding people who have lost a loved one? I know. And we have 25 of those every year. Right. 25. Right. So understanding what happens after someone passes away. You know, we've always talked about this idea. If you've ever lost a loved one, maybe you've lost a spouse, or perhaps you were the child of losing the second of your parents, and you were the person responsible for managing the funeral, dealing with the estate, splitting the money, right. you probably do that one time in your life. And you've never really had any training or guidance with it. Sure. We do this every day. And some of those forms are very difficult to fill out, very confusing. And we offer that service yeah. to our and clients. You make a mistake with some of those forms, yeah. you could create tax liability problems. Right. Um, and, and some of them you just can't change. Right. Once, Once that decision is made, sometimes right. that's it. Right. So all of this is what we call financial advice in a language you, in a language you can understand. You said know, it too many times. I, I know, I'm, I'm so used to saying it that I just right. stumble over it these days. But it's our pleasure to bring you this podcast, and we're going to continue to provide this kind of advice, both audio now and video, as you can well see. Yeah, I don't um, know. I think I still have a face for radio. So I mean, you know, oh, I you know, know I have a face for radio. <laughs> Take a look at that. But um, we're happy we've got a little bit of a backdrop here, a little bit of a new set. Plant. New plant. Right. No, new plant. That's a live plant. Did you know that that plant someone told me is called a money tree? Isn't that exciting? See, I don't, I don't see any dollar. It it's is. It is, but I don't see any dollar oh, bills or well, any coins hanging from it. in the spring. Oh, is that what's going to happen? Yeah. It's going to yeah. flower In the coins. spring, it buds. <laughs> well, there coins. you go. There you go. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us today. If, if now's the time for you to get serious about your financial planning or want some professional financial planning and investment management advice, we are here to help. Our phone number, 978-531-8108. That's 978-531-8108. Or visit us on the web where you can get our free weekly newsletter with more than 7,000 people. 7,000 people have been getting our newsletter that we started back in March of 2009. 
you can look in the record books as to what was happening March of 2009. It wasn't a pretty picture. Yeah. And we've done this every Friday, 10.30 in the morning Eastern, Eastern Standard Time since then. You That's go to our website to get it. FriedmanFinancial.com. That's Friedman. Two weeks in a day. Financial.com. That's going to do it for us today. Have a wonderful week, everybody. We'll see you again next week with more financial advice in a language you can understand. Have a great week. Bye-bye. During today's Dollars and Cents episode with Friedman Financial, your hosts may have discussed specific financial planning and investment ideas that are for general information only and not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations. Please remember that investing involves risk and may include loss of principal. Although the Money Market Fund seeks to preserve the value of your investment at $1 per share, it is possible to lose money by investing in the fund. Always consult a certified financial planner professional, qualified attorney, or tax advisor prior to investing to determine what is appropriate for you. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA SIPC.